The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After getting into a boat, Jesus crossed the sea and came to his own town. And just then, some people were carrying a paralyzed man lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Then some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralyzed man, Stand up, take your bed, and go to your home. And he stood up and went to his home. When the crowd saw it, they were filled with awe, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to human beings. The Gospel of the Lord. In today's Gospel, we witness remarkable events and words from Jesus. Thus far in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has taught his great Sermon on the Mount, covering chapters 5 to 7. This is his Opus Magnus teaching which perfects the old moral law and brings it into the new covenant. And then he confirms the truth of his teaching by performing a series of 10 miracles in chapters 8 to 10. And the miracle in today's gospel fits right in there, in Matthew chapter 9, the healing of the paralytic. Jesus is confronted with this paralyzed man he adds a twist to his other miracles. First of all, he forgives the man's sins. He takes care of his spiritual paralysis first before dealing with his physical ailment. Jesus has the priority of the soul, of his spiritual health first. And so he heals the man and the scribes are outraged because Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And they say to themselves, such blasphemy, only God can forgive sins. And then Jesus makes a remarkable statement to the scribes, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He says to the paralyzed man, stand up, take your bed and go to your home. Notice he references the Son of Man. That you may know that the Son of Man has authority. The scribes would have known immediately what Jesus was referring to because they knew the Old Testament backwards and forwards, and that in the book of Daniel, the Son of Man was a term that was applied to this heavenly figure who came on the clouds of heaven to the Ancient of Days in the throne room of God, with thousands upon thousands standing in worship of the Ancient of Days. The Ancient of Days, which is God the Father, then confers all authority and power on the Son of Man and gives him a kingdom that will last forever. That was well known, that text. And Jesus is claiming that authority. He's saying, I am the Son of Man. And to show you that I have the power that was conferred to me by the Father, I not only heal physical, but I have the authority to forgive sins which only God, that's a divine prerogative. Notice the crowd's reaction. Unlike the Pharisees, the crowd are overjoyed, filled with awe 
they glorify God and they say, who has such authority? What God has given such authority to human beings? The word human beings is in the plural. And scholars say, well, that's a veiled reference by Matthew, who's writing this gospel, to the fact that later on in the gospel, Jesus will give that authority to a human being, which of course is Peter, when he gives him the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. That includes the power to forgive sins. Later in chapter 18, Jesus will confer that authority on all the apostles as well, that authority of binding and loosing. So it's a remarkable series of events. And as comforting as it is for us, because now, of course, the church embraces this great power through the sacrament of reconciliation. You're able to confess your sins, and there's no greater gift God has given to us. In five or ten minutes, we can have all of our sins, including mortal sins, wiped out. And just as Jesus said to this paralyzed man, rise, your sins are forgiven. That's a reference to Jesus' own resurrection and to ours in the sacrament of confession when we rise from spiritual death to sanctifying grace. It's a challenge, though, to us as well, because notice Jesus puts the priority on the spiritual. He heals the man from his sins first, and then the physical healing later. Our culture shapes us to thinking the physical takes priority because the emphasis is placed on satisfying all of our needs, all these diet, fads, clothing. Everything that makes our life comfortable is all physical. They don't even talk about the spiritual, much less forgiving sins. And that can orient our thinking, or at least our priorities, so that we're caught in that trap. We're reminded to take care of our spiritual lives first by prayer, by examination of conscience, and then certainly by the sacraments. Notice also Jesus' words are a what's called a performative statement. They don't just describe that God the Father has forgiven this man's sins. Rather, Jesus says them in his personal name so that the words, his words, have such power that they effect what they say. As he says those words, the sins are forgiven. Again, that's a pointer to what Jesus will give the church, particularly the priesthood in the sacrament of confession. Those words of absolution are, again, a performative statement. It's Jesus speaking through the priest. And certainly at Mass, the words of consecration, those words change the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. So a lot said here in this little gospel passage, and we rejoice like the crowds. We give honor and glory to God that he has looks with such favor. Let us rejoice in God's saving grace, open our hearts, and make the spiritual a priority by giving God the glory and participating in the sacraments.